does people plus food service plus conversation equal? The Food Service for Thought podcast. Produced by Forbes, Heaver, and Wallace and hosted by Carrie Clements and Justin Oliveras, the bi-monthly podcast connects the food service industry through in-depth conversations with chefs, restaurant equipment suppliers, food service establishment owners, and so many others that make up our wonderful industry. If you like food, people, and great conversation, we think you will enjoy the Food Service for Thought podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast, the podcast connecting the food service industry. Over there to my virtual right is Carrie, and to her virtual left is me, Justin. Welcome in, Carrie. Welcome in, Justin. Here we go. Today's episode of Educate and Pontificate, we are going to be talking about walk-ins. And walk-ins refer to walk-in coolers and freezers. And we are going to be talking to you about some helpful hints and some things to be aware of uh, that we hear a lot and see a lot in the industry. So without any further ado, no drum roll. Here we go. Ready. One of of the most important things that can help extend the longevity of your walk-in for years and years and years is going to be to ensure that your refrigeration is sized to match the use and the space. So oftentimes, uh, walk-in manufacturers will say, if you get a box that falls within the the small range, you know, whatever that is, eight by eight to 12 by 12, for example, uh, you're going to get this refrigeration. And if your box is in the medium range, 12 by 12 to 18 by 18, for example, you'll get the medium refrigeration and so on and so on. Well, that is okay, but a much better and effective for long-term solution is going to be to make sure that your refrigeration is sized specifically for the size of your box, and then also what is it is going to be used for. <clears throat> so we ask a little bit more detailed questions with our walk-in manufacturing partner, Bally, and one of the things that we always try to ask customers is, what are you going to be putting inside your walk-in? And not only that, what is the temperature of the food or product that you're going to be bringing in to your walk-in? And a great example of that is related to beer. I think that's something that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. We have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks in between. Yes. So when we talk about beer, we live in Texas. Texas, as you know, is hot at times. And if you are accepting a delivery of beer, whether it's kegs or bottles or cases or whatever... If that beer is coming in off of a refrigerated truck, that beer is already cold because it's refrigerated. If the beer is coming in off of a non-refrigerated truck, then that means it is going to probably be warm. So if your walk-in is sized for a medium refrigeration package, quote unquote, and that's it, then that thing is going to be working overtime because it's going to have to be trying to pull down the temperature of that beer that comes in hot off the truck in July and need to get that cold before happy hour starts at three o'clock. Yeah. This is, that makes sense. This is probably the most important thing that people can take away from this episode is the beer. I I appreciate just beer. beer. 
Yeah. Just the word beer. But yes, but when you think about that, not only is your compressor and all your refrigeration components, they're working overdrive. Now you've got potential issues over time with condensation. Moisture is no good in walk-ins. Moisture is no good anywhere. That can lead to things warping. It can lead to uh, mold. It can lead to all sorts of stuff. So making sure your refrigeration is sized to truly match the needs and the use of what you're using your box for is really, really critical. Okay. And, and you know, Justin, something that just popped into my head is how many people get upset about that and say, just give me regular refrigeration. And, and, and I mean, somebody with beer generally gets why that's really crucial, you know? Um, But I mean, even like, which isn't food service flowers or something, or just different, different things, you know, certainly if you've got a, a variety of foods that are going in there, then you are kind of looking for an average, you know, and that's important to know, but yeah, yep. it's uh it's a big deal. Well, and you can even, you can even estimate that in a good way with, um, uh, just kind of understanding the food service industry. So when I when I used to cook, one of the places I cooked at was the Dallas Country Club, and we had a banquet kitchen where they were doing you know large quantities of food because they were doing banquets of two hundred to two thousand people. So if they had to cook rice or beans, for example, at the restaurant that I worked at at the Country Club, we were cooking it for you know one hundred and fifty people that would have a small portion of it over there at the banquet kitchen. They were cooking, you know, huge racks of these with you know sheet pan after sheet pan of this stuff coming out of these huge fifty-gallon um, kettles and everything. So when it was done, they would put them on sheet pans and they would we would roll that uh, uh, cart. The cart. Thank you, yeah. cart. Ding. Yep, we would roll that into the walk-in, rack. and that was what we used to sheet pan rack. Thank you, and that's what we would use to cool down our product. And that's typically what happens. It's not the right way no, to do it, but that is right typically what happens. Yeah. yeah. Over and over and over at all, at all restaurants or at all big places. Bad. So if you know, yeah, if you know your walk-in is going into a banquet kitchen, for example, in a hotel or a country club or an event center, then it's probably a good idea to size up that refrigeration a little bit more. Give it a little extra horsepower to make sure it can accommodate that. Or get a blast you can chiller. Preach all you want. You know? Yeah, get, get a blast, blast chiller. chiller. Yes, but but that is something that legitimately happens, right? right? Yes. So that that's yeah. just an example of that. It so is. kind of along with understanding the matching the use to the need and the sizing of the box is we talk a lot about uh, nominal sizing and custom sizing. So when when people say, I want a box, you know, a 12 by 12, um, a lot of manufacturers have their version of how wide or, or, or long the panels are. And that's usually because of, of their uh, equipment that they have to make the panels and cut the panels and everything. And they can sort of replicate that very, very quickly. Each manufacturer has sort of their own kind of cookie cutter, if you will, of what their panel sizes are. So if a customer says, you know, or you are a customer and you say, I want a 12 by 12 box, you can oftentimes find a little bit more cost-effective solution by if you're a little bit flexible with your dimensions. So sometimes you need to be exactly 12 feet, three inches by nine feet, four inches. But if you can give or take a few inches here or there on either side, you're often going to be able to find some cost savings there uh, because each manufacturer is going to be able to give you their version of that, which is called nominal sizing. And that's their version, their cookie cutter size, which is usually within an inch or two um, of of the size that you're requesting. So that is something all manufacturers, walking manufacturers, including Bally, can do custom sizing uh, exact down to the inch. But you're going to have added cost just when you throw the word custom in front of anything. You can think about a little more added cost. So, Carrie, do you have anything to add with that? Not not on nominal and custom, which is still really difficult for some people to understand. But uh, I was thinking back about to the refrigeration needs to be matched. 
size to match the use. And this is, this is kind of infomercially here, but you know, from a training standpoint, which we've done recently on Bally, th this is a big takeaway for Bally and the, is that really they are a refrigeration company. They can really help a customer get exactly what they need for their environment where they're going in, whether it's, you know, in Oklahoma, North Texas, which is super hot. I mean, not that we're not super hot down here in Houston, but you know, uh, we're, we're more humid, right? So we're going to look at yep. that versus Oklahoma. It's a little bit more arid. Um, and, and really gets you precise. So they're really a refrigeration company that makes panels. And that's a great way to think about your approach. If refrigerate, you know, if you're doing the right thing and paying attention to the refrigeration. Yes. Yep. And the easiest analogy I always, when I talk to people about this is like, if you were pulling a boat, if we should all be so lucky to have a giant yacht that we're yes. pulling to take to the lake for the weekend, right? You don't necessarily need the, the classic, uh, Texas, you know, Ford one ninety thousand dually quad Dude, engine kind of, you know, lift kit, either. but, but you don't necessarily need that, but you want to make sure that you don't just have, you know, a hatchback Prius, uh, because you want to make sure you got enough horsepower to, to, to pull whatever you're doing. So same thing with refrigeration. You don't necessarily need to, to overcompensate too much, but you want to make sure you've got enough to, to truly meet the needs. So, all right. So we covered those two things. Um, we'll cover a few more. So a lot of times we get, and customers might, might be, Hey, just give me the standard box, right? I just need standard finishes, standard everything. And that can mean a lot of different things. So it's important to understand when you say standard, what that means to you, because it means something different to every person and to every manufacturer that makes walk-ins. Um, so just be aware of that. Sometimes standard can be related to the finish, uh, can be a galvalume or an aluminum or uh, a stucco finish or whatever on the inside or the outside. It can mean certain types of doors, certain types of lights, all of those things, um, it's it's in your best interest as a customer and our best interest as anybody that's selling these uh, to have a, a good understanding of what that means beyond just the word standard. Because if it skews the wrong direction in too many of the different variables, you're you're way far away from the kind of box that you were hoping to get. And those are easy questions that we can answer uh, just by having a quick conversation. So just be aware of that, thinking about what standard means and and that how that word kind of is really irrelevant and misplaced when, when we're talking. We need more detail beyond that. The last thing we'll mention, it kind of goes along with the standard thing before we get into our top five list, which I think it'll be a fun one, is going to be... Uh, the interior and exterior colors that you choose can have an impact on the performance and the life of the box. And a great way to think about this is, again, in Texas, if anybody is familiar with the sun, just the sun that's up in the sky, we've all, I think everybody's seen that, I see a lot of hands going up, um, that can cause a lot of damage to anything. So if you have a color of a box, the exterior color, you would want to make sure that we select a color that will help reflect that sunlight as much as possible to help keep that box as cool as possible and keep the refrigeration from having to not overwork because of that. And that will extend the life and longevity and the performance of the box. So that's an example. Exterior. Interior, Carrie, I know you have a keen eye for interior design. Uh, you would like to typically have a lighter color on the inside of the box because that can help brighten it up. 
And that's just not from an aesthetic standpoint, but if you're in there, especially in a freezer, a walk-in freezer, like I used to have to be, and I'm looking for that box of chicken tenders because some family came to dinner and their kid needed chicken tenders and we didn't have any already pulled out and staged and ready to go. (laughs) When that's the case, I need to have as much visibility and as much bright and light in there as possible so I can quickly identify. And if the interior of the box is a dark gray aluminum, that will significantly darken the box inside in my visibility as opposed to if it is a white finish, maybe even a glossy finish or something like that, that can really help brighten it up and those inside LED lights that are in there can really reflect and and help it make it a much brighter environment. Does that make sense, Carrie? Uh, You know, Justin, it makes so much sense that I, and I I know that you're always going to make sense, so I took a little nap. Okay, that's great. Well, let's wake up because right now we're talking about walk-ins and helpful hints. And now we're going to talk about the top five cities to go walking in. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. I wish I'd have been there like like a fly on the wall when you came up with these. Because I can just see you like high-fiving your own self. Oh, I did. Yep, the little dance in the yeah. mirror, everything. Okay, so number five in my top five cities to go walking in. Number five, Pacific Northwest, Seattle. Yes, it rains, but Seattle. I've never been. It's on my list. And some people that live there say, oh, don't come now. The crime's horrible. And I'm like, I'm going to do it anyway. I want to check it out. Yes. And, and part of these, you know, there's, fortunately, there's, you know, ups and downs and ebbs and flows with with crime rates and all over these big mm-hmm. cities. Um, but if we put that to the side just for a moment and appreciate the the fun side of it, I think, that's great. So number five, Seattle. Beer. It's a fun place. Music. Beer. Music. Fish. Fish. Seafood. Yeah. yeah. Number four, talk about food. Dynamic food scene. One of the best in the country. Number four, San Francisco. But you can, I only want to walk downhill. And that's not even good. That's true. It's not, so take the trolley up good, and walk good down. on the knees. Yeah. I love San Francisco. Um, such a diverse, cool city people areas it's like i don't know six different cities in one city and then we won't even the food you could just see that's the thing about walking justin you can walk burn off your meal go to another meal burn off your meal walking to the next restaurant and so yeah and rinse repeat repeat. i like it what do you love about san francisco uh the food yeah and and just the proximity to the water. Oh, it is. Um, it's a it's a unique kind of city in that standpoint that uh, it's just different to be on an ocean, you know, as opposed to being on a lake. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great great city, really cool. Number three, city on the lake. I used to live here. I'm biased. Wonderful, my opinion, the best city in the country. City of broad shoulders. Yeah. Chicago. I, I I look forward to going to Chicago sometimes, not just for the NRA show. That's restaurants, not rifles. And uh, just <laughs> that should be their tagline. <laughs> it should be their tag. Welcome to the NRA show. Restaurants, not rifles. <laughs> um, but but just you know, getting here and there, I can tell. I it, it, it's so great. Plus, you, you hear everybody talk wonderfully about it. Our uh, uh, our friend's daughter is moving to Chicago because she went to go visit friends and moved there. And she's like, uh, you know, she's single. She's young. She's going to move there. So I'm thinking I might have to go visit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 
as a kid, you know, I grew up in a one stoplight town way up in Michigan. And so Chicago truly was like another world. And the first time I went there, just the energy, the energy, and yeah, the vibrance of the city. And I know all big cities can say that, uh, but just great, especially around the holidays when they when they put up all the decorations and walking down Michigan Avenue, walking down Rush Street, um, going over to Millennium Park, going to uh, Lakeshore Drive, walking up and down that. Man, when I went talk about young and single, when I was young and single and lived there and would go for go for a run on a Saturday morning on Lakeshore Drive. I was, uh, I was just, wow. Okay. Okay. Number two. I think Beth Carrie. doesn't listen to your episodes. <laughs> no, she doesn't listen to, she doesn't listen to me when I'm in with her. You think she's going to listen to me when I'm not like, with her? I don't need this. I don't need this in my yeah. life. <laughs> Number two, most walkable city. And fake Beth and I have had two wonderful vacations here doing exactly this. Uh, Washington, DC. I've been once uh, for work and, but did have some downtime. I, I, I appreciated parts of Washington. It what my experience was marred by the fact that I was there meeting with politicians and of both sides of the aisle. So this is uh, this is it was um, it felt like Alice in Wonderland <laughs> because I felt they weren't speaking the language. I mean, it was just odd. I don't know if you've had like back to back days of testifying or speaking to politicians but these people can say so many words and not say anything like our podcast oh yeah it's like our podcast yes like a yes, podcast yeah. yes um so that was odd um but yeah i i have a great appreciation i think what's what's interesting about washington dc it, it sort of has this it's a weird juxtaposition of it it can be a really fun experience but everything is so like stark and stoic and the you know kind of monochromatic yes. with the, with the colors yes. uh, and that's interesting because there's sort of like this reverence that you have to have where you can have fun but you kind of have to have the respect and the seriousness of you know a lot of the the monuments and everything it's, it, those are those are heavy topics a lot of people lost their lives you know a lot of yes so it's it's that kind of a, a weird juxtaposition if you're just talking about being in, in the monuments areas. Uh, but the rest of the city is really cool too. Georgetown is really neat. Yes, and Georgetown. there's a lot of different parts that are really fun to walk around in. But uh, an honorable mention that didn't make the list, but kind of shoehorned in here with DC, the same type of thing. When you look at the monuments on TV in Washington DC, they look pretty close together. When you look at yeah. the hotels and casinos in Las Vegas, they look pretty close together. <laughs> I'm going to parachute in here with some breaking news. They ain't. <laughs> You don't have to worry about getting your steps in in either one of those cities. It's true. It is true. Yes. They are like it's the 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 Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument seem like they're right there. And when you're walking it, it seems like you might as well be walking across country just to get to those two places. It's like an hour walk. Uh I I unfortunately the 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 one little bit that I I did take the time to do or we had the time to do like I said it was for work um, was go to the Holocaust Museum and then we we're supposed to meet some people for drinks afterwards and we were like we can, we we can't quiet yeah. solitude and that's I think that energy you know when you talk about the vibrance or energy of a city. I, I do think, it, yes, that reverence and and um, respect and uh, uh, solemnness. Yes, that yep. energy from those from people experiencing this comes through, um, 
and I, you know, yeah. But anyway, I think uh, if you've not been to Washington D.C., you should go to Washington D.C. Yeah. Yes. And uh, n- number one on the list. This is I'm really sad to say. I can't wait, but I have I have not been there yet. I love it. Um, is uh, Topeka, Kansas? <laughs> no, it's uh, obviously New York City, yes, right? Yeah. Uh, I have not been there. Everything I've seen, everything I've read, that is the the place to be. Carrie, you could probably speak to it. You've been there, so go. I've only been once, and it was in August. Uh, don't go to New York City in August. People leave the city in droves for a reason. Um, you can think it's hot where you live. I live uh, south of Houston. You live in Dallas. Roz lives in Oklahoma and Tulsa. We know what hot is. In New York, when it's hot, it's super hot. There's no air because of all those tall buildings. It is just like, it's like being in just dead a air. press court, you know, you're just in there. Sitting baking. in a hot box, yeah. yeah. But I loved, I loved how I experienced very nice people there. Um, huh. Yeah, I experienced really nice people. I mean, you know, it's a very fast place. And so everybody's right there. You cannot make eye contact with everybody. It's not like walking, you know, down a main street here where you can hi and smile. You'd be in overload. You know, there's all these people's energies in there, but uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved the food. I loved the shows. I loved walking. I liked, I didn't go to central park. I did go to another park. Love that. Um, Yeah. It's, 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 different it's cool you'll have a blast i remember the first time i went to chicago when i was a kid and all the horns honking i kept turning around because i thought they were honking at me because i was from a small town yeah. so i thought you know it's like there's a car that honks in <laughs> chicago new york these places it's just you can't honk in new york they cannot honk anymore they're not allowed oh really? yeah yeah okay, yeah cool. there's none yeah but um now i don't know how ubers work if they work any differently in new york taxis look if you ever wanted to skydive but you're just on the fence about it i'd say just drive in a taxi in new york yeah yeah my dad said when he did that he he learned to pray that yes Uh, absolutely and i'm not scared about stuff like that but goodness Uh, this is amazing thank you justin thank you so great stuff talked about some walk-ins talked about some walking so carrie thank you for uh indulging us and another little mini episode here of the Educate and Pontificate. And thank you everyone to listening yeah. for another episode of the Food Service for Thought podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with a guest. And next month, we'll be back with another uh, Educate and Pontificate episode. So everyone have a great day. Carrie, you as well. Thanks for chatting. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Food Service for Thought podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And a big shout out to Forbes, Heaver, and Wallace and everyone on the team for producing the first ever Food Service Rep Driven podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Oh, and go eat out at your local restaurant or grab some takeout or delivery, even if you are just in the mood for some apps or dessert. Every bite helps.